never give up. I never give up. I never give up. Hi guys, welcome back to My Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan F. Today is a fantastic day because I've got Ali Kass with me. Ali is a woman to my heart, uh, a woman who is living her life to the fullest and she is using every trick under the book. Um, and what we are talking is holistic, functional medicine. We are talking, um, looking at the body, not just through the lens of nutrition or the lens of uh, exercise often enough we can get so nicely pigeonholed and and think about you know one little thing if i just do one more repetition that's it my life will never be the same again yeah about that <laughs> so ellie is here she knows what we're, what we're talking about when it comes to repetitions because she is a former uh pro bodybuilder or bodybuilder pro i don't know which way around it goes best <laughs> i heard it both ways um she is a, a woman who has been out there and has looked after her body and then something happened and nowadays she's a different woman and i want to know why so welcome ellie welcome to my show Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, how did you become a bodybuilder? Uh, uh, was that always something that you loved? Were you always, I mean, as, a, as an eight-year-old, you wouldn't think, ah, I'm going to be a pro bodybuilder. How did that go? Uh, <laughs> if you would have asked me that question, probably six to nine months prior to competing in my first show, I would have said, I have no <laughs> desire to be a bodybuilder. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> but how it really started for me is... I grew up an athlete, so physical fitness, exercise, and having a goal that I was constantly working toward was always a part of my life for as long as I can remember. Long story short, I went to college, I played basketball, I decided after a few months that it was no longer for me, and I pivoted, transitioned, and just became a normal college student. Fast forward three years, my mother was diagnosed with stage three brain cancer and given about 18 months to live. I became one of her primary caregivers, and unfortunately, she only made it for about nine months. After she passed, I found myself both in a place where I was very mentally and emotionally down, and I had a lot of anger and a lot of grief. And through that process, I started asking why. Why does this happen to someone? What makes a person healthy? Um, I wasn't getting any answers from her doctors. I wasn't getting anything from our Western medical community. And I knew there had to be a reason. So I started digging. I started doing my own research. And I really fell into this passion of health, nutrition, fitness, um, stress management, all of these things. Also, <laughs> simultaneously, while this is happening, my health um, is really starting to decline. I was only 22 at the time. I was the heaviest I'd ever been. I was so tired all the time. I was depressed. And I just, I knew that if I had to wake up another day feeling like that, I really did not know if I wanted to continue to go through life like that. Um, as bad as that sounds. Um, I love life <laughs> and I want to talk more about that, but I knew in that moment that I needed help and I needed to change. Um, and so I hired my first health and fitness coach and she actually specialized in helping women prep for bodybuilding competitions. I didn't know that at the time because I didn't know anything about the sport, but I really liked her. I really connected with her. And I thought, you know what? I think she's going to be the one that gets me out of this funk. And once she presented the idea of competing, I was like, absolutely not. That sounds terrifying. That's horrible. Um, but I realized in that moment that 
I was terrified to stand on stage in front of judges and people, um, especially with where I was at at that point in my life. And I wanted to lean into that fear as opposed to let it dictate, you know, how I was going to show up, what I was going to do or not do. And so I said, you know what, fine, I'll do one show (laughs) and I will just work my butt off literally for four months to get there. And it actually ended up being a really, a really positive experience for me at that point in my life. You're working your butt on in this case. I mean, your butt is getting yeah. better than not off. It, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> well, yes. Mind you, the outside <laughs> comes off and then a new butt appears, actually. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Yes. Um, you often get, though, the feeling when you look at professional uh, female bodybuilders. Oh, boy. There are some beautiful men there. Um, so it is, and, and please let's, let's do not go today into any kind of cis, trans, whatever, uh, non-binary, um, we are talking now really, um, I, I mean, no offense to anyone out there. Can we get it out of the way? So I'm a man. I happen to have a woman, um, on, on my show, please let's, please don't come back to me and then give me grief with that. I don't mean it in any negative way for that. Um, and when I say uh, there are some beautiful men out there, I want to make a joke to say that that uh, some women, when they go for the, the real physique, real harsh physique, there is no stopping them. And so for you, what was that like? Um, you, you, you identify as a woman. Um, how do you see yourself when it comes to the to you know six seven percent body fat you see every muscle is that is that a uh, a beautiful picture for you or was that was certainly a new picture for you and off you how did you deal with that that's a great question um so i actually competed in bikini which is a little less intense from a physique perspective so i wasn't quite as muscular and quite as low body fat as some of the mm. the true um physique or wellness competitors out there mm. but it was interesting cuz for me when i and i've i've gotten this question before so i love this when i think of beauty and what's beautiful in relationship to myself and how i feel mm. For me, it's more about how I'm feeling. So when I stepped onto that stage, the yeah, the first time, I yes, I was like, wow, like just the transformation in my physique, in the aesthetic, and what my body looks like was amazing. And yes, I felt very confident, especially nice. given where I had come from, um, nice. being my heaviest. Just and and it wasn't so much that I thought I looked bad. I didn't like the way that I looked, but I knew the habits and the things that I was doing to my body that got me to that place. And those things are what didn't feel good. So when I was looking at myself in my photos and and in the mirror, um, what I saw, I thought was beautiful, but not necessarily because, you know, I had muscles or because I was toned or ripped. It was because I knew all of the work that it took that I, I, I put in, I put in the time, like you can't, you can't buy that. And so I was just very proud. I felt strong. I felt disciplined. And for me, because I did grow up as an athlete, those things are things that I very much value and I value them in myself. Yeah. Oh, beautiful, beautifully said. And what a, what a beautiful, shall I say that you didn't go for the aesthetics. Yes. Well, it wasn't really the journey. It was really the achievements. It was really your, the transformation. That 100%. put that smile on your face 
uh, not the, oh, I finally look like that. So it had actually not so much to do with the looks. It had so much more to do with you uh, developing the habits. And 100%. Uh, yeah. Which is beautiful. Yep. The, the funny thing about that, though, is the first show that I did, I did two fitness shows. My second show, I won my pro card. Um, that's when I, I turned to a professional. The first show for me was really about having a goal and just shutting out all of the anger and the grief and the sadness that I felt after I lost my mom. I needed something to direct my attention to, and that's what it was. And so that was something that I was so proud of. The second show was more about like, okay, let's let's maybe go for a chance at getting that pro card. Let's take it to the next level. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the process. It was so much fun. It was such a great show. But that's when my focus started turning more to the aesthetic because I knew that's what it would take. And that's when my mindset started to shift around it. So I do think that you know, when we do overemphasize that end goal and not necessarily what we're cultivating along the journey of that, that's when it can start to become unhealthy or, um, you know, we can start to have that dysmorphia when we look in the mirror and things like that. And I, I tell my clients this all the time. Hmm. It doesn't matter if you want to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds. If you want to look like a fitness model, awesome. That's fine. We'll get you there. But the gold in like reaching that goal and achieving what you're looking to achieve is not about actually getting to that goal. It's about who you become in the process. Beautiful. Well, that's exactly it, isn't it? Um, and it is that that transformation that puts a smile on your face, that actually takes you away from the victim role. The victim is passive. The survivor starts to do something. So at least here with you going into that, 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 no, I will do something about that. That makes you the survivor. When then the smile comes onto your face and you start growing on the inside, um, then that is the post-traumatic growth and that is the thriver. And so you actually trans transcended all that. And now are the woman who says, that was cool. Let's do that again. <laughs> or let's maintain the journey because mm -hmm. the journey never ends, does it? Um, right. It never ends. <laughs> and it's an amazing journey. So that's brilliant. So so your first your first coach um basically helped you to develop the habits that were leading you to success. May I ask what were some of the first habits that she emphasized? Yeah, absolutely. She helped me really clean up my nutrition. And so um, she helped me focus on, you know, primarily whole unprocessed food. She had me eating, obviously, in a quantity that was going to be sufficient for reaching my goal. But for me, it was like getting rid of the alcohol, getting rid of the I'm from Texas. Originally, we love our Tex-Mex. So a lot of chips, a lot of queso, a lot of margaritas. It was about, you know, getting rid of that. And in the process, I actually discovered that um, there are certain foods that I am sensitive to. I don't have food allergies, but there are definitely foods that trigger me. Um, and to this day, I primarily keep those out of my diet because I would rather feel my best. And so she helped me um, bring awareness to that. She helped give me the structure in order to make those shifts. She helped give me um, the structure and the framework to have a workout plan at the gym that was conducive for my goals. That gave me the tools. All I had to do was show up and do it. Now, that's also, you know, for some people <laughs> difficult, but, um, you know, I had no more excuses of, oh, I don't know what to do. Or, um, you know, I'm just making stuff up as I go, or what if this works? Like she handed all of that to me and all I had to do was show up, 
put the work in and trust the process and, and trust that she knew what she was doing and she had my best interest, which she did. And, and she totally transformed that. Beautiful. Because that is that is exactly where often we end up in analysis paralysis, where you think, oh, 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 there's there's this there's the, oh, this diet, the, the keto or the caveman, or oh my god, what shall I do? Now eat that. That's so that's a good so that's the strength of a coach, someone mm -hmm. who is by your side and and is supporting you and taking the the guesswork out of it. Love that, love that. Yeah. Um, when it comes to the healthy nutrition, I love what you're saying there. Um, you were not so going into any kind of diet. You were talking about a food plan. You were talking mm -hmm. about not a short, limited kind of, I want to drop 10 kilogram and then put 12 back on. Um, you were talking about, okay, how can I actually live the life to the fullest? Big exactly. difference. And I love that. So uh, what was a typical, typical meal for you? Um, or nowadays, what is a typical meal for you nowadays? So I have a method that I teach clients to use, and I call it the bowl method or the metabolic makeover meal method, which is more closely tied to my actual program name. Um, and what it is, is it's just teaching clients how to create meals that are including all of the macronutrients that they need. So it's beneficial for making sure we have a balanced diet, we're ensuring a variety of nutrients. Um, and so a typical meal for me, I'll give you um, my breakfast this morning, <laughs> which was actually amazing. Um, I pre-cooked purple yams last night. So I had purple yam, avocado, eggs, um, half eggs, half egg whites kind of combined in one with sauteed spinach and mushrooms. So I had my veggies, I had my protein, I had my fat, I had my carbohydrates. It was so colorful. It was so beautiful. I was like, I just want to stare at this bowl. Um, and it felt so good. When I was done, I was like, I feel so satisfied, but like, I, know. I would, yeah, I would love to have more, but I'm not going to, because I feel, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but so, it was so tasty. Beautiful. Exactly. You had all the macronutrients in there. Exactly. Plus you have had all those uh, phyto components. In in other words, those things that really puts the color onto your plate, which are incredibly healthy. So mm -hmm. perfect. What you just described is the Mediterranean food plan. Uh, some people call it Mediterranean diet. I hate the word mm -hmm. diet. Uh, food plan is something that you can do your lifelong Diet is something that after three weeks you think, ah, one more kale and I vomit. Um, exactly. <laughs> so, so I love that. That's exactly that. And interesting, if you guys were looking or listening carefully, um, there was not a single uh, gluten molecule in there. Uh, there wasn't actually any dairy in there. Um, so here you go. So the two main triggers that often are uh, upsetting the the our life without us knowing we're taken out there doesn't mean i actually am, am gluten-free and dairy-free so. there you go there <laughs> they you are go. triggers for me yes absolutely and uh, most people don't even know about i mean yes if you're a celiac uh sufferer you know that if you eat a piece of bread you're gonna suffer literally with pain and, and diarrhea and so but most of us are not like that most of us are unfortunately very sad um, sad referring a to our mindset but also to our standard american diet mm -hmm. sad and sad is actually oh a heap of shit and when i say american diet i could say standard new zealand diet just that doesn't rhyme as well <laughs> it's exactly the same it's basically a lot of processed food Mm -hmm. And uh, the the ratio, for example, of omega-3 to omega-6 fatty acids is atrocious. 
like omega-6 are the inflammatories and omega-3 mm -hmm. is the anti-inflammatories. Should be 1 to 1.5, that are thereabouts. And the typical diet that many people out there eat is 1 to 25. Mm -hmm. That's the standard American diet. So guess what? You've got inflammation going nuts. And often enough, it's driven by the gluten and by the nutrition. And if you're constantly inflamed, your body doesn't behave the way it's, it's supposed to be. No. A, you feel like shit. B, there's niggles and pains and everything is... Uh. So just you changing your diet can make such a beautiful difference. And I love to hear that that this is where your coach started you and where you start working with your people. So what is better? Um, and that's a trick question, of course. <laughs> What's better? Um, putting all your emphasis into exercise or all your emphasis in nutrition? Ooh, neither. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you know, I, I will say the caveat to that is I've had clients in the past that have a lot going on. They are, you know, career women, they have kids, so they're taking care of a home. Maybe they're taking care of a sick parent. And in those types of situations, we might have to triage if we can't, you know, kind of divide our focus amongst a couple of things. So we might just work on nutrition to start. We might just work on exercise, depending on what's feasible for them. But regarding, not regarding those situations, the question, so should we put more focus on exercise or nutrition? The reality is, is that just like your body is an integrated unit where everything is working together, everything in our lives are operating in the same way. So you can have the best workout plan ever, but if you're, you know, if you're eating that standard American diet, or if you're chronically stressed out, you're sleeping five hours a night because you're staying up late watching TV or on social media or whatever it is, you're binge drinking on the weekends or, you know, going out with friends, there's going to be very little that we're going to be able to do with just exercise or, you know, subsequently with nutrition, same thing. If we're not managing those lifestyle factors, we're not managing our stress. We're not looking at you as an, an entire individual and in your entire life. Um, we're not going to get as far as we could. A lot of people I think miss those lifestyle factors or they, they don't, they either don't think that they are are playing into what's manifesting for them physically as mm -hmm. much as they are, or, you know, I, I oftentimes get this on intake forms where I'll see, you know, someone will tell me when I have an initial consult with them a little bit about their lifestyle, about their nutrition. And when I re really start digging into the actual data during the intake process, I'm like, I think we're like, you know, underreporting some of these things are like, yeah, you know, I went out last weekend, but it was no big deal. I only had, you know, eight drinks. And then I exactly. went to brunch the next day. And uh, I had exactly. like, biscuits and gravy and mimosas and all these things. I'm like, okay, well, you know, if we do that every weekend, that's that really is impactful. Um, and so I think people don't look at that. And another thing that people often overlook or choose not to look at is how their emotional state, their mental state, and what's going on in their life, whether it's in their relationships, their career, how all of that compounds and affects them on a physiological level as well. So in an ideal world, we would look at all of these things, but depending on the person, sometimes we just have to start with one. You're so right. You're so right. Um, and I love it the way you've answered that question. Um, there is, if if people actually ask the real question, what is more effective to, to or more impactful on my weight? Um, should I run like mad or shall I, shall I eat better? Um, there was a nice, a nice, um, test so to speak what what one athlete did on the internet and he uh tried to um do 10,000 calories of exercise and then eat 10,000 calories 
And he was wondering, is it possible that you eat 10,000 calories in a day? And is it possible to do uh, to combat that with the exercise to 10,000 calories worth of exercise? This boy was, I mean, we are talking endurance athlete. He was basically mm -hmm. training for, tried training for 24 hours. And <laughs> after about eight hours, he was knackered, absolutely knackered. And he had just burned about 4,000 calories, 5,000 calories, something like that. To eat 10,000 calories over the day, easy. Give me a few pizzas, have a bit of cheese on this and a bit of, of drink with that. By the time you've blinked, you know, a bottle of wine, that's 800, 900,000 calories, oh, depending yeah. on what you drink. Um, and who has one bottle of wine? Come on, if you go out with your mates, come on. So there you go. That's 2,000 uh -huh. calories. <laughs> Bingo. So, okay. So it is everything plays a role. And mm -hmm. it's nothing you can be taken out. We often want a quick fix. We want to have the one answer. If I just take that one capsule of that that nutrient, that will make me so healthy. And, and it's just, mm -hmm. oh, for fuck's sake, really? <laughs> we are a huge, uh, huge, huge system. We, we are like the world. And you're trying to do something in little Texas and expect China to completely change its way. Doesn't mm -hmm. work like that. So, okay. So if we now accept nutrition is good, we need to deal with that. And we need some exercise. Maybe not become a pro bodybuilder, but, you know, have right. 30 <laughs> minutes a day or something like that. Okay, mm -hmm. let's take that for granted. Um, you can create plans for that. How do you create a plan for happiness? Ooh, Ooh. What about this holistic question? <laughs> what about this holistic kind of thing? I mean, how do you do that? Yeah. So in my intake process, I, you know, people go through my process and they think I'm just going to ask them about their diet. I'm just going to ask them about exercise or health history. Literally, I have a whole section at the end of my intake form that asks people about their thoughts and their perceptions. It asks explicitly, what do you see when you look in the mirror? Good, bad, indifferent. Nice. What are some of the thoughts that you think about yourself? You know, I, I ask my clients to rate their area of satisfaction in different areas of their lives. That could be financial, that could be spiritual, that could be their social life. I ask them, you know, what is something that you used to do, you know, maybe as an, a little kid or earlier in life that absolutely brings you joy that you no longer either get to do or you don't make time to do because, you know, our quote unquote adult responsibilities. So I ask them all of these things and I, I get a pretty good metric based on that intake form and my initial conversation with them on, you know, what is it that they really feel about themselves and their lives? You know, do they seem happy? Do they feel fulfilled? Are they really just needing that extra support with nutrition and exercise? Or is this someone who has a ton of work stress? Um, you know, maybe they've had some traumatic events in life, like many of us have, and it, I can tell in their, their language, their verbiage, the way they carry themselves, that that is still present. Um, I mean, I've referred clients to therapy before many, many times, um, because I know that what is holding them back is a lot deeper than just their nutrition, just their exercise. So I typically try to kind of tailor something to a client based on where I think they're at and, and what I think is going to be, you know, the biggest needle mover at first. Sometimes that's scheduling an hour a week to actually do something that brings them joy. And I put that on their plan. That is part of their homework. They have to just, just as important as their exercise is that day, they need to go do something that makes them happy. And I let them, you know, whatever that is, that can change. It doesn't have to be, you know, something that's and you know, set in stone every week. Um, you know, sometimes we look at that. Sometimes we look at things like 
incorporating meditation or visualization affirmations. Um, and sometimes it's just in that coaching conversation where I kind of try to challenge them in a very loving way, but, you know, really encouraging them to, you know, why do you speak this way? Or why, do, you know, why is that a belief? Why do you think that, um, is that serving you? You know, what do you want to create? Who do you want to be? If, if you tell me that I want to get to this goal weight in six months, why, you know, what's that going to do for you? How is that going to enhance your life? What are you hoping to accomplish with that goal? And what else can we do to support you getting there? Nice. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. That's exactly it. I mean, it is. Who do you want to be when you grow up? I often ask that question often to my patients. I often see patients as an anesthetist who are just about to have their operation, big operations that put a stop to their life. And you've got men, real men, engineers, people with still oil on their hands. And they have been go-getters working identifying with their work and suddenly you take that away because their shoulder is buggered mm. and what do you do so who do you want to be and it's that yeah. question that many of us have never actually asked ourselves and you are allowing your clients to explore that and maybe explore that before they actually have a major breakdown mm-hmm. or just about as they have a major breakdown depends <laughs> on when at which stage you actually get to get to meet your clients um but it is such an important question and it is but you're so right if we look at at the amount of trauma that is out there it's huge i mean it's absolutely huge what is it one in three one in four women will have uh, been sexually abused or Mm -hmm. raped in their lifetime one in seven men um it is uh just about our childhood adverse uh experiences um it's brutal so many of these things Mm -hmm. of course play in there Mm -hmm. core beliefs that are completely stuffed up and i think that is something that that you are very strong at to actually explore that and explore the role of of these kind of core beliefs and these kind of things that have been happening silently over the last 20 30 40 50 years Mm -hmm. and are still holding you back right and that's really where the hard work is, isn't it? I think it is. the habits, you can create habits within 30, 40 days, and that is cool. But you can't just delete the trauma. That's just. No. <laughs> yeah, we call it going to the inner gym. And so um, right. it is, it's it's the harder, the hard work because, you know, yes, exercise can be hard for some people. Yes, making, you know, nutritional changes can be difficult for some, but oftentimes we can do those things in an attempt to hide from ourselves, we can divert our focus to keeping busy or trying to constantly achieve things. um, Because we are too afraid or too uncomfortable to just sit with ourselves. So, you know, sometimes all it takes for someone is just asking that question and giving them a safe space to, you know, finally start exploring that. Very nice. Very nice. Um, I often think that the spa uh, a jacuzzi if you have one uh, at home that this is a really good place because typically you can't mess around with your phone um yeah. you're actually <laughs> just sitting there and um if you have if you allow yourself to explore thoughts and just let them come and if you ask the right questions your body comes up with the answer when i say your mm-hmm. body your being okay there mm-hmm. is there is a soul there is a there is 
however you believe that your your mind works and that there's something bigger than you out there all that together comes up with answers and all, very good answers if you if you just ask the right questions so mm -hmm. i think that is quite cool okay Absolutely. so damn so we talked nutrition really good mm -hmm. we talked about the holistic well how do you create a happiness plan well but i guess trauma comes in layers like an onion and healing comes in layers so there is no quick happiness fix plan so guys i'm sorry to say that you need to do a little bit of work and each of you will be in a different place with different traumas with different needs uh that need to be addressed at that time mm -hmm. so there is no easy answer there sorry to say um having said that please trust me there are answers there there are solutions there you are not alone and there is hope and there is help. Please, please, please. If, there, if you take away anything from this, from any of my shows, this is the key message. Okay. You're not alone and there is help. There's hope. Um, I want to come back to the exercise component of mm -hmm. living to the fullest. Um, here you are a pro bodybuilder so uh, when people come to you okay come on boy let's throw the weights around <laughs> is that your go-to or how do you see exercise as a catalyst which forms of exercises would you use mm -hmm. yeah that's a great question so for me, I see exercise as a catalyst, like all of the rest of the things that we're talking about as a vehicle for you to become the best version of yourself so that you can live your best life possible. So for me, especially when working with women, one of the things that I really aspire to help them cultivate when we're looking at exercise is yes, we want to work toward whatever their goal is. So, you know, somebody who is normal weight and wants to build muscle and maybe put on mass, that might look a little different than someone who wants to lose 30 or 40 pounds. We're still going to do some of the same things. Um, but you know, that, that goal kind of drives where we start and where we're going to go. But what I love women to feel when they're working with me and, or when they start incorporating these things and continue to incorporate them throughout their life is that they are strong. They're strong physically, they're strong mentally, they're strong emotionally. And I think that one of the some of the biggest takeaways that I've had in my life when it comes to exercise or it comes to weightlifting or it comes to things like that aren't necessarily, you know, how, how much can I lift or how ripped can I look? It's about how can I learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable? Because there's nothing comfortable about putting, you know, a barbell on your back with weights on it that feel heavy when you've never done that weight before, yeah. or, you know, yeah. there's nothing um, comfortable about going into those kinds of situations. So how can we learn to be uncomfortable or be comfortable when we're uncomfortable. Also, you know, the, the body will go where the mind tells it. So how can we train the mind? I'm, I'm a huge fan of listening to your body. So it's really a fine line of not pushing past that point when you truly should not be doing that. But how can we learn to cultivate that, that mental discipline and that strength to understand that we can go you know, we can make it through things. And that's for me has always been a metaphor to life. It's not, you know, if I'm doing an exercise and I know I have five more reps and I'm like, oh, I just really want to quit. And I, I encourage myself and train myself to keep going. That's what's carried me through losing two parents. That's what's carried me through being in an abusive relationship as a teenager with someone who ended up committing suicide. That's what's carried me through every single challenge in life was knowing that I could keep going even when it was tough. 
Now, there's layers to that as we talk about, you know, trauma and healing that might need to be addressed. Um, but I really want women to understand that they are strong. They're stronger than they think most of the time, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, but back to the exercise, I am a big fan of resistance training, not necessarily to look like a bodybuilder, but A, to help women cultivate that strength. Um, but also so many of us who live sedentary lifestyles, we're not just underactive, but we're also under muscled. So having muscle, you know, you don't have to look like a bodybuilder, <laughs> but having Absolutely. muscle is um, going to be beneficial for, you know, glucose regulation. It's going to be beneficial for your metabolism. Absolutely. It's, they say it's the, you know, kind of quote unquote organ of longevity. So, you know, helping women feel strong, helping them build muscle, but also on the flip side of that, I'm a big fan of restorative movement. So walking, <laughs> you know, yoga, things that are going to help take us out of that sympathetic state because so many of us are running around like chickens with our head cuts off, heads cut off during the day um, and help us bring back that kind of parasympathetic, Absolutely. you know, homeostatic balance. Yeah. And there is a third component. I love every single word you said. Um, and there is, and for example, to stick with the isometric or, or with the, with the, uh, the muscle building and, and, mm -hmm. Uh, healthy muscle building let's call it I, i'm lacking a good word for it um a basically doing what nature has designed you to do to actually yep. move to yep. actually you know as a as where we came from many moons ago we mm -hmm. would have actually walked 15 20 k's a day as a man about seven eight k's as a woman uh and that mm -hmm. was the the, the uh, hunter getterers that was sort of a normal life that's what we did for what fifty thousand generations something like that um mm -hmm. and then there came a change in lifestyle then came the industrial revolution and nowadays we have got a uh, the first generation or the second generation that is uh that is basically doing fuck all and that's really really a problem because our bodies are designed um to live an active lifestyle Mm -hmm. Um, and if we actually bring our patients back or clients back, however you want to call us, if you want to bring us back into a more, in a better homeostasis, in a better balance within our systems, we need to get back in actually working out these muscles and guys don't give me crap. Oh, I'm 60. I'm 70. Oh, I'm 75. Do you want me to go to the gym? Yes. I want you to go to the gym. Um, and I say gym because it's there where you can uh, use machines that are specifically exercising one thing and you're not lifting somehow heavy weights and then I see you for your shoulder operation. Uh, yep. No, it is <laughs> find the right people who can guide you with the, in the right ways and build up those muscles so that you're, again, confident. If you're 75 and need a walker, because you're so you're so deconditioned you are crying out loud no the past does not equal the future so guys mm -hmm. get out there uh, guys as in humans go out there and and look after yourself learn to love your body and your body is also muscles so look after those muscles and then suddenly your risk of falling and maybe breaking your hip bone as an elderly person is much, much reduced. Your, your osteoporosis, that your, your muscles are basically disintegrating with age and hormone changes, is suddenly reduced and rechanged together with the nutrition. 
and mm -hmm. suddenly you're no longer so sad because you're actually meeting people in during the workout. Hey, she's really cool, and maybe shall we have a coffee? Suddenly you've got the human connection. You mm -hmm. know how beautiful is that? Your heart is getting a workout, so there's oxygen coming to your body. Your gut is saying, "Whoa, what's happening here? We're getting mixed and matched in here. That's so cool." So there is life. Oh, it's beautiful. But there is also a lot that you said, yoga and other things, um, because there are issues that lie in the tissues. <laughs> and sometimes just just doing the doing a bit of of weight exercises and power building um, might not be enough. Uh, have you experienced that with your clients? I have, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I've experienced it myself. I go through phases in my life where I'm not incorporating enough restorative movement, um, enough things to keep me mobile, to keep me, you know, feeling my best. I, I'm strong and I, I look, you know, good based on, you know, what we think about when we look at fitness. But it's like, man, like I'm feeling the cracks in my joints and, and I'm I'm feeling the tightness and yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of incorporating that as well. And, and also when it comes to exercise, if I have a client who really enjoys one particular modality, like I've, every now and then I'll get a client who likes to run or likes to go to Pilates, I try to find ways to incorporate that into their plan too. Now, if it's totally contradictory to their goal, then that might be a question that we have to have either about the goal or about, you know, are you willing to do something different for a little while? But I also think that you know, when you find something that you do really enjoy, that that's important to make sure that it's at least part of what you're in, what you're doing. Because, you know, the, kind of the whole point of talking about all of these things is to live a full life, to be happy, to have that joy. And if that thing brings you joy and it's not hurting you in the process, then by all means, yes, let's, let's also include that too. <laughs> and I guess it's, I love it. You started initially with saying that the bodybuilding has put you way out of your comfort zone. And uh, that it was so good for you to feel comfortable whilst you were uncomfortable. That's exactly how, for example, good sports teams work. Mm -hmm. Our All Blacks, uh, the, the New Zealand rugby team, at one stage did ballet lessons um, and things like that. So we call it cross training, but also yes. <laughs> put, them yes. out, put yourself <laughs> into, a, a, into a situation that you have never been in. And it can be so healing in its own yep. right so expanding your horizon <laughs> of it oh many months ago i had a beautiful guest uh who was um, unfortunately a, a a veteran um i say unfortunately he he met a machine gun the wrong way around and, and he was pretty smashed up and from this powerful go-getter muscular r he turned into this wreck in his eyes and it took him 10 years to get his shit together. And then finally, mm. he he followed the advice of his mates who tried to come around and sort of said, hey, come on, today we try something different. Today we learn golf. And he thought, oh, why not? And he finally left the house and did golf and fuck all. And then another night they said, look, tonight we go, we go learn how to be comedians. We do stand-up comedy. He said, oh, fuck it, go. Guess what he is nowadays? He's a stand-up comedian. comedian. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's you, awesome. You never know what happens. You never know. Right. So be ready to be uncomfortable because mm -hmm. you might just find the new love of your life. Let that be an activity. Let that be uh, a significant other person. You never know. Oh, Ellie, right. uh, you're an amazing woman. You, I loved your holistic approach to that. And that is so much what we need. 
um, we it's only the last 10, 15 years that really in, in the Western medicine uh, thing, there is a, a change towards that. Nowadays, there's the, the, the functional medicine um, mm -hmm. component. I mean, that is, or uh, it's like a, like a discipline, just mm -hmm. as much as you're a physician or a surgeon. Functional medicine is taking the interest in all those connections and creating them together. That's exactly where, where my heart is in functional medicine, where I get excited, where I know you get excited, because we yeah. know this is how we can change lives. Right. And right. you are changing lives. You are the catalyst for so many people out there. So if someone wants to, to get hold of you, where can they find you? Yeah, so I am pretty active on Instagram. My handle is at AllieCassHealth, or you can visit my website, www.AllieCassHealth.com. I'd love to talk to you, interact with you, follow along with your journey. And if there's anything I can help you with, please let me know. Brilliant. Look down there, guys, into the description of the YouTube video and of the podcast. Um, all her info is there. Allie, you're an amazing woman. Um, it would be intriguing to get you back in 12 months, 18 months, because to see where your journey has led you, mm -hmm. the new insights that are there, because every day I'm learning new things. And even, even now that I'm, that I'm going, literally that I'm studying the functional medicine, even mm -hmm. three months ago, and now it's actually a huge shift. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, and it's it's so amazing, guys. So I so all of you out there, and might you come along on this journey um, when you start taking interest in your body, how it really works. Um, when you put together a power team, being defined as you're the dumbest member of the team. So you have a coach, maybe you have a psychologist, because there might be more things that you need to look at. Uh, maybe you have got your physician, your general, uh, your GP, um, your family physician, um, who might wish to look at maybe some more of the, the biological side of things. Um, that's your power team. Put that together, tick things off. And I bet you, after you've put some habits in place, you'll be a very different human. Uh, and then three months later, again. So can you imagine the growth that is waiting for you guys? I know, I know it because I've just done that. I'm doing it right now. Ali is doing it. So Amen. why not come along? What have you got to lose, guys? Ali, you're an amazing woman. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. This was lovely. You put all the concepts that I knew about, you put them in mildly different words, which made me think. And I thought, huh. Okay, so <laughs> so you made me grow today. And for that, oh, I'm very, very grateful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure to be here. And I can't wait to be back sometime soon. Uh, that would be nice, actually, to see where are we going? What, right. what have we done with our gut microbiome or whatever we are, we are focusing on? <laughs> yep. cool. And you guys out there, look after yourself, love yourself and live with passion. Bye. I never give up. I never give up. I never give up, turn around.